Hello and welcome to Take Your Time. What's bonking, everybody? My name is Tom Marks. Uh, Jonathan did this, like, hand party thing that, like, literally I forgot to say what's bonking because I was so uh, flabbergasted. I anyway. Was, I was revealing my true mask and my oh, true self. Oh, I get it now. I get it now. Uh, this is, of course, Take Your Time, Persona 5 Royal podcast, where we talk about Persona 5 Royal in real time alongside the in-game calendar dates. Uh, I'm your host, Tom Marks, joined, as always, by Jonathan Dornbush. Just had my usual panic moment of, am I recording everything, even though I said I was? Yes, I am. So we're good to go. I mean, Excited. I think that's, that's yeah, that's, that's normal for podcasting, I think. Um, we've got a good week of stuff to talk about, a good split of... Plot, heavy, coolness, exposition reveals, free time stuff, hanging out with buds, cool new abilities. It's lots of cool stuff. Uh, And I'm excited to talk about this week, which is the dates of January 10th to January 16th. Uh, And yeah, it's going to be a good one. But before we jump right in, we do have some stuff to talk about. Jonathan, did you have a uh, persona pseudonym from last week that I'm misremembering that I didn't get that you were holding? Or are you still holding on to that? I think I was deciding to just hold on to it okay, to okay. see if yeah, if and when you might get it. But yeah, Great. Yeah. Well, I do have a pop quiz because yes. this is the first week that we go back to school. Um, last week I asked if you go off of the beaten trail and uh, while you're trying to you know make all of your friends rem- realize that they're in a, a dream world or whatever, you can go to Central Street, which you have no other reason to ever do during this period, and you can find someone there outside of the Big Bang Burger, and I asked, who can you find? Uh, And I didn't see any YouTube comments that got this one. Ooh. And Jonathan, I don't think you went and explored. I didn't. No, I didn't. I just did exactly what I was told to do. Do you Um, have a guess? I mean, I have a couple, and I guess it's sort of based on... I think it would have been funny if it was Lavenza because of the idea that (laughs) Caroline uh, and and Justine, Caroline and Justine loved going with you to Big Bang Burger so much that they just had to be there. But I don't think it is. Um, At at this point, at that point, she's not even like, you don't even know she exists yet. Exactly. Yeah. So I was thinking it would, I mean, it'd be very funny if it was just like Okumura and he's just like this happy-go-lucky businessman who's always outside his shop now. And he's like, we own hundreds of these, but I love this one for some reason. Not to do with the one, it's the fact that it's the only one you can see in the game. Uh, So I am going to guess, for no other reason than just because it'd be really random, Kaneshiro. Well, first of all, that's actually, I think there's, you also see a Big Bang Burger in Hawaii. You're right. You're uh-huh. well, the only one you can visit regularly. And secondly, the answer is Okura. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's just hanging out. So Okumura and, and Takakura, who's the guy who took over for him as president yeah. when he died, yeah. uh, are just outside Bing Bang Burger. And Okumura is such a wonderful business leader in this universe that he's inspecting his local branch and just like making sure everything is top-notch and great and making sure his employees are happy because he's a good boss now oh my god i should write for this universe of persona (laughs) like if they ever decide to do an offshoot because apparently i just i made my fan fiction real there wow yeah Uh, genuinely had no idea i have not visited that street that's very funny yeah it's okumura that's uh and it's also very funny because it's you know alongside him also being with haru somewhere else so it's like okay um, 
that's our pop quiz for this week. We do have a couple comments I wanted to read out. The first one literally made me go, ha, ah, in my chair when I read it, uh, which <laughs> yeah, is from Siddharth yeah. on YouTube, who says, on the topic of the opening, which we talked about last week, Sumire's introduction in the opening is her dancing in a crosswalk with an umbrella foreshadowing what happened with her and her sister, which is like one of those things where I was like, oh my God, I've seen that so many times that I never even thought about it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. The The fact that that's there. And again, we were talking about obviously like how hype the openings are. They are things that really get you into the like spirit and excitement of everything. And then for it to be like, oh, they're foreshadowing that awful moment so well that you just you don't notice it at all, obviously, before jumping into the game. And and yeah, I would not have even I probably would need to watch it 100 more times before I saw that. So that's yeah, I I didn't process that at all. Yeah, Uh, we also have a comment Two comments, really, from uh, some dude named Barrett Courtney. Never heard of no. him. Friend of the show, Barrett Courtney, who says, uh, in regards to doing the confidants, like waking up the confidants and which ones you pick, he says, you can do any in day, any day in any order. Uh, I only know this because I like doing it in the order in which you become friends with each member, which I think is close, but not quite true, because I think there are days on the map where some of them are not available. Fight, and fight, then, like, fight. Yeah, Fight. we have beef now. Me and Barrett have beef now. No, Thomas, um, yeah, before the show, you were like, I'm not I'm not sure. And I, I've i only gone through it once, so I can't say. I do remember that there are... You do get are, a lot of flexibility. Yes, yeah, there's totally a lot of... Uh, like, I think the first day is definitely you have to kind of yeah. go for whoever it asks. Well, but, the first day is on always, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I saw some other ones on the map, but kind of just went with whatever I was sort of led to go to. I seem to remember the Futaba one being there one day and then I didn't do it and then it wasn't there the next. So I felt like there was like a rotating couple choices. But maybe Hmm. I'm wrong and maybe Barrett's right and maybe we're not friends anymore. I don't know. We'll see. It's how that works. A single (laughs) fact can ruin that friendship. Barrett also said uh, on the debate about wake up, get up, get out there uh, or the other intro saying wake up get up get out there is much better uh get hype song i agree royal only works when you know the cast and the original intro is just a better intro on its own uh well the royal intro definitely is more interesting color palette wise i think the more distinct art and visual style of the original intro is much more striking and leaves more of an impression on me uh barrett which i think is totally great and fair Barrett also said, pointed out a good thing, which is pretty sure Makoto's mom died when she was really young, enough so that she wouldn't know she would be wish who she would be wishing back. Which is probably also part of why Yusuke didn't wish his mom back because she died yeah. when he was really young, right? So I think that's probably good logic for like why those characters were not necessarily wishing for somebody that they only barely sort of knew back. And and that makes a lot more sense to me this week, and, and obviously we'll get into it, but as they sort of discuss like how Maruki goes about deciding what people want their reality to be, right. it is like, those are the people that those characters talked about most. Like, they, yeah. Yusuke obviously talked about referentially to his, his mother and, and the amazing work that she did, but he didn't talk about, like, their bond because right. yeah because of her being gone so early in his life and and same with makoto like her focus is often on her dad and and her sister and so that makes sense especially knowing how this seems to all be constructed that they would be the ones who come back versus who doesn't yeah uh we also got some emails jonathan if you want to read some more emails we did speaking of uh we got an email from someone named barrett courtney uh wow. who said 
<laughs> uh, Aaron's just, subtly hinting that he wanted to be on this episode. <laughs> uh, there is an episode coming up. He has asked to be on, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, wanted to write this week to let y'all know I started my new game. Plus, uh, he has been telling me this off on the side. So I do want to shout out how impressive this is. Uh, as Tom leaves on the video version. Uh, to let y'all know, I started my new game plus and max rank of every confidant run uh, of Persona 5 Royal just three weeks ago. And as of this week, I've caught up to where y'all are at for the show. Uh, a lot impressive. of late nights during our winter break. Yeah, that's that's wild. Because uh, Barrett went through Persona 5 Royal again, like earlier last year. So, Yeah. Uh, anyway, mainly want to write in this week because it's the Apology Tour, with the Phantom Thieves performing as the headliner. If you hung out <laughs> with your friends this week, we saw some Third Awakenings, and so I want to know which are your favorite personas for the other Phantom Thieves, your favorite Awakening moments, and which evolutions of their personas do you think are the coolest? Um, oh man. Also, PSA for everyone, maybe don't do free time stuff late at night with the new free time track. So Happy World playing in the background, was playing at 1230 in the morning last night, and definitely passed out for about 30 minutes in the middle of hanging out with Yusuke. <laughs> incredible love y'all and i hope you get into the importance and influence of the hit tv show house md had on persona 5 royal and we will that'll be the next several weeks of course um but no just on the on the note of the persona awakenings i do have notes on like each of the ones that happened uh this week that i went to i do feel like to be honest we could get like a whole episode out of ranking the phantom thieves personas like yeah just in terms of who they are and and, and how they come into it um like it, it, him asking like our favorites immediately made me think of like, I do always and have from the beginning loved Makoto's. Uh, oh yeah, awakening. Oh, her awakening, yes, a- and her persona, like both, like the the awakening, and then having her get on this anthropomorphic bike and just wrecking shop at Kanashiro is, is great. Like it is so hard for me to top. The, there are really great ones otherwise, but that's I think probably my favorite. Yeah, uh, it it is hard for me to think of any other answer besides motorcycle persona. (laughs) (laughs) It is really good, yeah. Like, to the point where when that one transformed and became, like, a transformer person, I was like, aw. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Motorcycle. There were definitely some transformations that I was like, oh, that's not what I wanted as them, Some of them are weird, some of them are really cool, and it just sort of is like depends on each and, person and we could definitely talk about some of the the other ones that come up but yeah just at, at least in terms of the original lineup because i do like bear to your to your question like i do genuinely think we could probably list and rank all of them and get like a full show out of that yeah. um the i always have a soft spot for some reason for captain kid ryuji's mm, and i don't yeah, know yeah, if yeah. that's just because the idea of a dude on a big pirate ship is cool to me uh or it's <laughs> because i've heard like I can't not hear Ryuji yelling Captain Kid when I hear the name in my head. Like, it is just so ingrained together. Sure. Um, whereas I don't have that connection with, like, Yusuke's persona, who you can tell I don't care about as much because I called it Yusuke's persona and not its name that I'm forgetting. Um, uh, Goemon. Thank you. Thank you. Though that one, yeah, to be fair, he does. That's a pretty iconic Goemon, I guess. Go- Goemon, um, I mean, the main reason I remember Goemon is because of the video game Legend of Goemon. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like on the whole, I think the Makoto scene is hard to top for me, but I do think there's a lot of, uh, interesting discussion to be had between like where the rest of them lie for, for both of us probably. Yeah. The, I agree. Um, there's a lot to dig into there, but at least initially I agree that I think more, or 
I really love Makoto's transformation and her initial persona a lot. Totally. Um, yeah. Uh, we did have another few, uh, another email that I wanted to read. This one is from uh, Katarina, who wrote in and said, Hi, Jonathan Tom. I've been a huge fan of your podcast ever since I started listening in May of last year and can't believe it's almost over. Uh, you guys definitely give me a reason to look forward to Mondays. One reason I love listening to you guys is, the, is you point out details I hadn't noticed even after two playthroughs. I had no idea about the dog's appearance, uh, as I think we talked about last week. Um, I really enjoyed Akechi's over-it attitude in the third semester. He's snarky and bloodthirsty, and I couldn't ask for more when regarding his character. He's definitely my favorite part of the new semester overall. I really wish we could have kept him as a Navi for longer, but alas. Uh, I think the dynamic between Joker and Akechi is really interesting in the Royal Editions, and I'm excited for Jonathan to see the rest of what Royal has to offer. Keep doing what you're doing. I'll always be tuning in. Katarina, P.S. Who would you guys say is your favorite character so far? I'm between Makoto and Akechi. And, like, favorite character is is definitely hard to narrow down for me because I love so many of them for different reasons. Um, especially because, of, and, and again, this would probably be a whole episode, but, like, <clears throat> because of their relationships with Joker also really uh, influence how I feel about them. Like, the the journey, and I think I've made this sort of somewhat clear in the way I've talked about it, the way, the journey you go on with Sojuro makes me love that man so, so much. Mm-hmm. Um in a way that, like, I think of the other non-party confidants, it's hard for me to have anyone close to him because I think that dynamic and that relationship changes in such an interesting and, and wonderful way. Yeah. Um, but that's hard. I, and then, like, when you get into the, the Phantom Thieves themselves, it's like, who's my favorite child, basically? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I think probably my favorite character is either Ryuji or Yusuke. But then similarly like favorite character including relationship and journey they go on and all that is probably a catchy um especially in royal uh he he's just such an interesting character and such a bloodthirsty character i got um in the middle of we'll talk about the actual palace in a bit but like during this point at one time i had a a showtime with him and joker and there's you know they have like alternate voice lines for the showtimes or it could be them saying one thing one time and then a different thing next it keeps it a little fresher yeah um there's an alternate version of a catchy's showtime where he doesn't say anything he is just (laughs) laughing maniacally and horrifically the entire time (laughs) that's perfect oh my god and it's amazing like yeah that's so good it's great um I yeah love that so, so much so there's yeah i love again i've said this before crazy evil akechi on your team is like maybe one of my favorite things about royal and especially yeah. this new new like semester or whatever yeah especially with the dynamics that are increased by royal like i always liked akechi and thought his character was really interesting but this one what royal lets you explore with him just makes it him so much higher up on my list of like yeah. favorites because yeah i i already really liked him and then just getting to see this actual side of him obviously it's dangerous and horrifying but it's also very entertaining as the player yeah um we we have a few other longer emails and since we're already a little late into this episode i think i'll save those for later but yeah we do have a few others so thank you to everyone who's been writing in uh and and taking your time to to do so i we do we do read everything so it's appreciated uh but yeah we'll, we'll read some for next week as well because we got some some events to get into this week. Yes, we do. January 10th to January 16th, we've got a, a decent-sized week of stuff to talk about, so let's dive in. January 10th is the first day of school. Uh, and the funny thing was, last week, uh, 
we talked about how you hadn't you didn't go to sleep so you didn't see the velvet room thing and i did yes. and i was like oh it's not important at all it's just like they're just talking about the velvet room and uh-huh. then we, like the first day starts and everyone is starts with a text message conversation or like or like a conversation with morgana of them being like oh my god lavenza said that we have to tell the whole gang what lavenza said and i yep. was like what did Lavenza say? I don't even literally remember. <laughs> I think I, it's pretty, cause I did see it this week and I still didn't really write it down. I think it was basically just like, Hey, we should talk about what's going on. Like the fact that you're in the velvet room is, is good, but yeah, we need to have a, a talk. And the specific thing that the gang picks out is that she basically says you have to choose your own fate for this world. Yes, implying yeah. that it is your decision, whether you want to leave this reality or fix it right like like it's not just like the game i mean literally you don't really have much of a choice you know you either (laughs) lose or you keep playing or whatever but like yeah the game is basically saying like you know you could just stay this way you know if you as a group decide to just stay this way that's your choice right and so it's putting the impetus on the phantom thieves to decide for sure whether or not they want to do this yeah it's Um, it it's an interesting thing about this is somewhat of a tangent, but like it's an interesting thing about like the reality of video games is like it's the illusion of choice at the end of the day because it's the choice right. the developers have, have set out. But what doesn't make it feel cheap in any way is because it feels like the choice that the Phantom Thieves are making is true to the characters that we've spent a hundred plus hours with. So it's like right. even if we're not actually making that choice, they are like the, their characters are making that choice. And so as long as it feels like it makes sense for them to be making that choice, it's yeah, it, it, it makes sense that they would make a big deal about this, that they need to make that choice. Yeah. So the f- first day of school also starts with Sumire apologizing to you, basically just saying, I can't believe I did that to you guys. I'm sorry for the way I acted, uh, which is nice, given that she sort of tried to kill you or whatever. Um, but I mean, you know, was she even her? It's a great question. Yeah. One That's we will it. not That's have answered right now. <laughs> um, the gang meets up after school to talk about this very important thing Lavenza said. Uh, and basically they decide that, yeah, you know, people, some people seem to be happy, but, like, this isn't right. We all know this isn't right, and we're going to fight for the reality that we believe in and the one that we think is real. Uh, the there's a, I like this moment a lot because Ryuji is, like, really like says some smart stuff and then everyone is silent and everyone was like and he's like what did i do something wrong and they're all like not ryuji that was a really good point and then they just move on and they yeah. don't roast him and it's like yay i i think it's like makoto who's like i'm just uh surprised that you said such a good thing yeah. anyway <laughs> he's just he's just a very good boy and then they're like cool yeah and they don't they don't make fun of ryuji it's very is <clears throat> excuse me is this the one where they are okay so this is just them meeting at the the cafe correct yes this okay is when they're at leblanc just talking about yeah, this so, stuff after so school i'm just making sure i had the locations right because yeah i i think i really liked here that sort of is a theme that we've been talking about is the like the differentiation between Maruki and all of the other palaces that they've invaded and it's it's that strange thing of like I've, there's clearly, I, I think, as someone who doesn't know what's going to happen and what revelations are left, like, there's very clearly something to Maruki's past that he hasn't really revealed, and there is this underlying, like, level of, of uh, I guess, evilness, just to make it more black and white. Like, there is a darkness there that is causing some of this, but, like, sure. from their perspective, 
his what he's doing and the desire that they're going to try to steal and stop is him making everyone happy. And that's a right. weird thing to have to reconcile because it's like we're stopping someone from making everyone happy, but he's making people happy by essentially stealing their reality and not letting them yeah. actually live the lives that they are living. Um, and yeah. so I, I, there's just a line where they're like, we're trying to like save the reality we believe in, not reform society. And it, it was just sort of like a nice, okay, here's, here's what makes this actually different. Um, yeah. It's different from something like Shido, especially too, mm-hmm. where like Shido, everybody else was just like completely selfish goals. Shido's goal was like to steer the country in the right direction and make it prosperous. But very clearly the way he was doing that was self-serving and distorted in a way that he just like didn't care about people he just wanted to lead right he just wanted the power where this is like at least from what they know now and what it looks like and what maruki is saying is not really that right like maruki claims he's not in it for the power he's just doing it to make people happy and power is kind of coming as a result of that yeah um, and yeah, so it's good to point out that distinction and it's good that they kind of like talk it through, right? Yeah, yeah. And we get even a, <clears throat> excuse me, a little more of that tomorrow. Um, yeah. For sure. But yeah, I, I do like that that is a through line here and it's it's something we've talked about before where it's like they don't just go head first into every mission infiltration of like, okay, we're doing this because we're the Phantom Thieves. It is like, do we have a right to be doing this? Do we like, is, are our, our, you know, intentions true and and good and all that to it i i do like that that conversation continues here yeah i also really enjoy this part uh because they say that um or joker gets a call from lavenza and lavenza's like hey i have some stuff to tell you i'll meet you at your school tomorrow and like everyone is like oh like how is lavenza calling you and i really like this part because in the base game lavenza is just like this character they meet in the Velvet Room and then never talk about again. Yeah. And now in this reality, everyone knows who Lavenza is. <laughs> Burge is good pals. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it is a very funny moment. I was really proud of myself because in my notes I was like, I guess she must be on an old plan with limited minutes. Oof, that's rough for her. Ha 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 ha. And I like, I was really proud of myself for that joke, so I had to tell it here. <laughs> but yeah, she calls for a brief minute and then is like, my powers to do this phone call are being limited. I can't do it for very long. It's it's just a very great version of the like, oh no, my reception's getting can't hear talk later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll talk to Lavenza more in the next day. Yes, and then the final kind of point from this conversation that I thought was important was they decide whether they want to actually let Akechi join them, right? Uh, and yeah. they decide yes, but the thing that I think is important is the two people that are like speak up and are like, yeah, we should just let him join us is Futaba and Haru. Yeah. Which are the two people that have been like most harmed by him probably, right? Because he literally killed one of their relatives. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so like for them to speak up and be like, yeah, we should let him join us first feels like much more important than like, Ryuji or on being like, yeah, he can come and hang out with us, right? Like, it's good that they're the people that did that. Yeah, it feels very intentional here, and it's it's a funny conversation overall because everyone's like, yeah, he still sort of sucks. Like, he's very clearly <laughs> off the deep end and oh, yeah. uh, is a murderous rampage man. But yeah, we kind of we're, we're aligned for the moment, so I guess that's better than nothing. Yeah, basically, uh, and that's the end of that day until the evening when 
Morgana wakes you up, right? Yeah. You're in bed. Morgana is making grumbly noises and you're like, what's up? And then Morgana sits up and basically apologizes to you for uh, just settling into Maruki's new reality and being okay with it and not questioning it while you were out trying to fight to fix everything. Uh, And this will become a trend of this week, depending on what you chose to do. Um, But the key kind of thing here is that we get a trophy. big new royal Well, oh, never mind. (laughs) No, another big new royal introduction, which is third personas or their their second awake or no third awakening. Mm -hmm. Um, where so the the way this stuff works because we're gonna get into it more this week, but you this only happens and obviously it's on rails from Morgana, but it only happens with a person if you've maxed them to ten pre the original end of the game. Oh, okay. If they're rank 10, by the time you're getting into this, you get this opportunity to get rank 3 or third awakening personas with everybody. Um, And it is always kind of a fusion between their two first two personas, right? So they fuse together. They look kind of more like their first one, which in some cases I am really happy about because (laughs) I liked the look of their first one more than their second one. Yeah. Uh, And then you additionally get their trait, like their passive thing, upgrades and they get a new ability that they can only get from this that is like morgana's is pretty good but some of the others you get later in this week are like wildly powerful oh yeah i was i was shocked when i was accepting some of those i'm like oh yeah i'll throw anything out to have that sure yeah yeah so we'll get into those a little more as we go but morgana turns uh persona turns into diego Mm -hmm. and uh is a basically like Zoro, but with like huge muscles and a big hairy chest. And it's, it's a very fun version of his, uh, his persona. I like him. Yeah. Uh, and the ability that Morgana gets is basically miracle punch. All is like kind of the easiest way to put it. Right. It's like a medium physical damage to all enemies with a high chance of crit, which is pretty good. Yeah. It's not like the most powerful thing in the world, comp- especially compared to some of the other stuff, but it's, it's a strong move for sure yeah it's it's a decent one and like full disclosure at this point in the game i don't really have morgana in my party much just because he's Mm. normally a little weaker um sure and i have so many healing items that i tended to not need him but yeah like if he's in your party it's a good one to have certainly yeah uh and that's the end of our first day january 10th let's get on to uh there's kind of two more big story days so the next day january 11th there's a question in class uh, that you have to help on with, and I think that's just about, like, the names of some, like, group of gods, I think it is. Yeah, it's like the, the group of gods. gods. Yeah, yeah, and why they're grouped together, or, like, why they're known. Yeah, is, it's is talking the... about gods, basically. Huh, I wonder why we would talk about that. Exactly. Uh, then, after class, you follow a butterfly, a mysterious butterfly, and if you're like me... You rush after the butterfly and also talk to everybody in the hall <laughs> along the way as you go. I did talk to the the newspaper reporter girl. Mm. Definitely did check in with yeah. her. Uh, and, and then, yo, go ahead. I was just gonna say it's really funny at this point. She's like, "Do you still care about the Phantom Thieves?" And you could be like, "Nah, they're trash. I don't care." <laughs> or you could be like, "No, yeah, they're still they're heroes. I love them. They're the best." And she's like, "Huh, all right." She wishes she could interview them, and she's yeah. like, "That would never happen." What a ha, ha 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 ha. Anyway, 
Uh, you follow the butterfly. It goes to the nurse's office. How plot convenient that is. <laughs> um, and the butterfly, of course, turns into Lavenza, who explains that it's very difficult for her to be in this reality controlled by Maruki. So uh, go get your friends and she's going to take a nap. And she <laughs> takes a nap. <laughs> And I love the that gang like, shows up. I just gotta, I gotta conk out for a few minutes. I'll be back, back online yeah. soon. Um, the gang shows up, including uh, Futaba, Yusuke, and Akechi, all in Shujin like PE clothes. We <laughs> snuck to, like, them in. <laughs> yeah, to sneak into the school. Um, and Lavenza proceeds to explain a bunch of exposition stuff. Oh yes, some of which makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I don't know if you had this experience, but I was literally taking notes at one point and went, what am I writing down? <laughs> there were definitely some lines where I was like, I feel like something got lost in the translation and no one, no one double checked it or like had to like, it, it, it felt like they were literally translating and then didn't reshape it a little bit to make a little more oh, sense. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> which could be totally off base. Like granted, sure. Lavenza does speak in a very sort of, I guess, highfalutin way is the, like sometimes talks yeah. in this broad uh, sort of uh, exposition. But yeah, there were definitely some things in here. I'm like, I don't, I don't really know if that means anything right now, but uh, yeah. okay. <laughs> sure. So the big takeaways though, the big kind of headlines of this are that, a lot of this is speculation. It's presented as like, Levens is like, I'm speculating on some of this, but probably it's all true, is basically the way it's presented to you. Um, the first big point is that Maruki changed reality by altering mementos, which is in line with what you talked to Maruki about, where like one of your kind of his breakthrough moments in your confidant lines was you talking about like, well, what if everybody's subconscious is connected, Right which is what mementos is. And he was like, oh, if everybody's subconscious is connected, then theoretically you could change that connection, that place of connection, and it would change everybody's reality um, all at once. And so Lavenza is saying, hey, yeah, he's probably doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, as you said, oh, I'm assuming, but this is probably right. So let's just take it as fact for now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For now, it's, it's just being like, this is what's going on. Uh, the next thing is everybody is like, well, then wait, how is just like a normal dude doing this, right? How does he possibly have the power to do all of this? And Lavenza says he's probably a persona user, which is this huge kind of revelation of a thing because supposedly if you're a persona user, you shouldn't be able to have a palace also. Yeah. So how does Maruki have a persona and a palace is something that's not answered, right? Yeah, Lavenza is basically like, I don't really know the timeline of how it worked out, but it did work out this way. Yeah. Um, and Akechi kind of points out that, like, you know, a persona that lets you do sort of, like, weird extra things isn't insane because both Joker and uh, him have a persona that can do weird extra abilities, right? Yeah. Uh, and Lovenza names his ability, was it actualization? Yes, yeah. So actual, he can literally actualize something into <laughs> existence, right? And yeah, if he's able to do that for one, well, using mementos, he can do that for everyone. So yeah. Exactly. Um, and then finally, we get to the most convoluted part of this, which is, <laughs> wait, how did this all happen? Why did he get all this power, right? 
Uh, and Lavenza says, well, the people were in Mementos were putting their will into the god of control, who you killed, and then there was a gap, and Maruki filled it. And so the world was looking for someone to solve their problems, and so Maruki kind of just assumed that role and was given the power of a god. Um, to which Akechi says, but wait, everybody liked the Phantom Thieves. Why would Maruki, who nobody knows, be the one that fills that role? Yeah. And this is where I went, what's going on? <laughs> because their reasoning is like, well, the power went to the Phantom Thieves, but then the Phantom Thieves all subconsciously had... They had counseling from Maruki, and so they subconsciously really wanted him to fix their problems, so they made him have all of their power instead. Yeah. And I went, that's sure convenient. (laughs) It's, I feel like what would have helped alleviate this, because obviously we're talking about ridiculous things anyway, so it's not like... Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, Like, jumps in logic, I think, are totally (laughs) within bounds. I think, had there been... Because they they flash back briefly to some of the counseling scenes. I think had there been one scene in between when they defeated the god and when things changed, where all of them together were like, man, we did this, and they were all just saying like, oh, yeah, but like Futabo goes like, I wish my mom could be here to see all this or like Haru could be like, I wish things like if they all had a conversation like that together in that time frame, I think it would make, <clears throat> it would make this moment seem so much more plausible or the yeah. idea, because he, you could say like, Oh, he had that connection from months earlier. They were all kind of doing this group wish without realizing it. And that caused this power transfer. Like that would make it just, sound to me in terms of the logic of what's going on here but yeah right now it's kind of like okay so like they they beat the god and then we're happy and then maruki somewhere was like but i can make them happier and yeah did, it did this it, i think you're i think you're dead on right like it's not like this is an insane concept in this universe totally. that is completely unbelievable or anything it's yeah. just like a little bit sort of haphazardly thrown together in how it's explained what went down. Yeah, like, I like, literally think one more scene and then maybe yeah. a cutaway to Maruki, like, noticing something would have sure. made all of this make way more sense to me. As a, But I, very much like you, was like, okay, but I still don't feel like that explains it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The thing I do like about this scene, though, and, and this kind of explanation, is that... I like that it connects all of the counseling sessions yes. they had to what's going on. Yeah. Because that's like a really cool thing that you're like, oh, all of these times that you saw Yusuke go and talk to Maruki and Futaba talked to Maruki at LeBlanc, right? Like all of these little moments like actually were hinting at like what they were inevitably going to like quote unquote wish for subconsciously or yeah. whatever. I do um, love that. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think it's the same thing of like the pancakes moment or whatever, or things like that, where right. it's like, oh, these scenes that I thought were just nice and sweet and seeing them get, you know, mental health help in in a way that seemed productive led to this. I don't think it negates the idea that like what the treatment was doing for them, like therapy was bad, yeah. for, like suddenly bad for them. Uh, obviously, we're dealing with someone who usually I don't, I would say most therapists don't have the power Maruki has, I think. Uh, we'll find out maybe one day. But no, I do like that it revealed sort of that connection to those things. And I do really like, I did, Lavenza does say, and I do think it's important, again, to the sort of gray area that this all operates in, where it's like, yeah, 
we don't know necessarily that Maruki intended for all of those conversations to give him the in that he then had. Like, right. there is a realm where he was just being helpful and being a good therapist, and it also happened to benefit this other drive of his in the end. And I do think yeah. that, again, further cements the idea that there there is a lot of complexity going on here, two things. That's also similar to the Sumire thing, right? Where they're saying, yeah. like, he used his actualization on her but like potentially even just subconsciously like he probably didn't even know he was doing it at that point yeah because like this didn't necessarily start as like a malicious thing right this didn't necessarily it it sort of just grew through him and through other experiences or whatever and like talking with people until and i you know i'm definitely gonna read every uh micro movement of your face but until there's a scene two weeks from now where he's like this was my evil plan all along and goes crazy and and is evil and dastardly but no i think they're i i think the intention of there being some complexity to this is there and true and makes it a lot more interesting as a a fight for the phantom thieves to take on yeah it's definitely complex um the last sort of main point of this is that uh, is he's kind of setting up the stakes, right? Which is the reason that they could see the palace kind of in reality is because when mementos, when you split mementos in the real world, they still are sort of in that transitionary process, right? And so the lines are blurred between the two, which is allowing him to do sort of some of this stuff. Um, and he is trying to basically completely fuse the two again so that his reality in the way he's changing it through mementos is just becomes permanent. Uh, and by Lavenza's calculations, they have about a month until those two realities are permanently merged. Um, and then everyone who's stuck in this reality will never be able to remember their life before it. And it would be disastrous, right? So that's the stakes is now they not only have to talk to Maruki by the, what, the 2nd or the 3rd of February, whatever it was, they also, like, have basically until then to stop the worlds from permanently merging, and this is their last, this is the only opportunity they have to undo this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's the stakes. Yeah, I think... That's basically the the Lavenza conversation. The the only other thing there is just the continued sort of, like, why is the Medinev back and the palace's name being blocked? Um, right, yes, which, yes, yes. I, I can only assume the name of it is uh, Persona 6 Palace and it's secretly <laughs> setting. But no, yeah, I that was just the only other thing that stood out to me not knowing what's to come. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a good call too. And there, there are those questions, right? Like everything is coming back, but kind of different, but not really. And they're like, there's a lot of questions still in that regard. Yeah. Um, so they decide to go to the palace the next day, right? They say, we gotta, we gotta figure this out. Um, and they also talk a, a little bit about like, well, what about Sumire? And they're like, well, she'll has to, she has to figure this stuff out on her own. Right. She's got it. She's going through some stuff. Um, and then, oh no, she's been eavesdropping the entire time. <laughs> I mean, Hey, it saves us from having to like recount everything. Exactly. It works. It works out in that regard. Yeah. Uh, and then later that night you're back at LeBlanc and Hey, Sumire comes over, uh, and Sumire talks to you and basically says she's, incredibly like mentally internally conflicted she feels fine physically but she's just going through a lot of stuff and like processing it basically 
but kind of the big takeaway from this moment is that she says she's done running, right? Yeah. She's she she's still very conflicted internally, but she's sort of not denying who she is anymore mm-hmm. and not denying her situation. And she's starting to accept it and not want to run away from it anymore um, in the way that pretending to be Kasumi was doing. Yeah. And, and it sort of ends with like her saying she doesn't know what to do and, and us being like, well, that's your choice. Like, we're not going to make that choice for you. You you right. have to take that step, uh, which I appreciate. But yeah. It's, and there's a lot of that. That's a big theme in this whole kind of oh, yeah. DLC, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it goes back to obviously everyone choosing whether or not they want to be in this reality, despite the seeming upsides of being here. Um, so yeah. yeah, I'm glad that that continued through. I did want to say this is very silly and very small and not at all related to Samire, but when she shows up, you're cleaning up with Sojuro. And just again, to go back to how much I love the relationship with Sojuro, he's like, oh, don't worry about it. You got like, stop cleaning up. You guys can talk as you need to. And also leave stuff. I'll clean up later. And just like, go back eight months from now, like go back eight months ago. And the idea that Sojuro would be like, oh yeah, don't worry. I'll clean up for you is just totally, totally different yeah. from where we're at. And so I just, I like, it's a very small moment, but it's just so like, Oh, here's the growth and here's the evolution of everyone. That yeah, point. definitely. That's a that's a good thing to point out for sure. But anyway. uh, then we go to January twelfth. Yes. January twelfth. Uh you all meet up at the hideout just to say, Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And we got a secure route to the treasure and let's go and you go. <laughs> and I was like, Oh no, I have to do an eight hour palace and it's Saturday afternoon. What did I do to myself? <laughs> <laughs> it's not super short, but no, yeah. No, but it's, uh, it's also not the full thing, as I yes. thankfully learned, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is this is so funny, right? Because, like, we do know the mission starts actually after this, but this is the fourth time you've gone into this palace. There's the original time, and then you go in again. Uh, the original time when you go to help Kasumi way back when. Yeah. Uh, then you go again with... Akechi and Kasumi before, mm-hmm. and then you go again just with Akechi, yeah. and then now you're going again with your team, and then you have to go back after this. So, yeah. like, you have to individually enter this palace, like, five or six times by it's, the end of all of this. It's wild. I, I appreciate it, because I do think, um, you know, sort of at the beginning of the game, they made a big deal. At, well, I forget where it happens for the first time, but the idea that, like, you would have to go back into the real world to deal with roadblocks... Yeah. Uh, and that doesn't really happen that often. Or no, it only it, comes up like twice. Yeah, it's not really a thing. So I did like the idea, like as much as it is like, oh, we're going back in. I do really love the idea of the need to keep revisiting the palace and slowly getting more of it. Like I do think that it would have been a lot if every palace was like that. But I do like that it happens occasionally and especially here with this one at the end. Yeah, it also just is like more satisfying to... Like, if you were only in this palace, this, like, they added a brand new palace to the game and you were only in it a single time, it would just be kind of like, oh, okay, it's over. <laughs> yeah, it, it would just feel like, okay, that was basically, I guess, a, a level of the game. Whereas this, yeah, right. this gives it a, a gravity and a, a importance that I appreciate. Yeah. yeah, it does. But before you go into the palace, hey, look, it's Sumire. Jonathan, guess what finally happened? She finally gets her name. That's right. Yusuke is finally a confidant. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Sumire finally actually joins the team. Yeah. Uh, and she gets her code name, which is Violet. And 
there you go. You you actually have her on your team. You've got a full party now. <laughs> Finally. After all those false starts where it was like hey it's time no it's not to oh no uh, we finally got there i'm i was very happy about it even though she's kind of been in our party for the last couple weeks but you know whatever yeah uh so you start to go through the palace you've got to kind of sorry sorry just before that uh when they name her again just a a point of how wonderful a catchy is they name her violet and they're talking about that's what sumire would mean in english and they're like violet (laughs) not violent just remember that and all this stuff and a catchy is like Oh my god, what are you all doing? Like, stop this. Let's just go kill the man. It's so, it's so (laughs) great that he's like, I am dealing with these childish fools. It's so good. I love it. Akechi just roasting the team in the middle of that is very, very good. I just want to go murder. Stop this. The other thing that happens is that you can go to the Velvet Room before you go in. uh, And that's actually like you can just do Velvet Room stuff now, which is great. Oh yeah, uh, and also that I don't know if you went in, but it's very funny. Yeah, because you're in your Phantom Thieves outfit, and the door is open, and it's like, "Congratulations, you are freed from this prison, and you don't, you're not confined anymore." Oh no, never mind. It's no, an I'm invisible still, wall. Yeah, it's still an invisible wall. You can't go yeah. out. <laughs> like I get it, because I you don't walk around there any of the other times, but also like we did walk around there at the end of the game. So why would why couldn't I just walk around? Yeah, I think it's silly, but that's okay. Um, I did 30 minutes of persona management because I hadn't done that in a while. I did um, that later. I did it like midway okay. through because I, I had captured a few persona and then wanted to buff them because there was a alarm going off and all that. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you go in. The first thing that becomes clear is that Sumire is still like a little bit unsure, right? She like lets her guard down for a moment and her entire outfit drops Um, and that very quickly is resolved where she has a kind of, not a second awakening because it's still Sondrion as her persona, but basically she like re-bonds her contract with Sondrion as Sumire rather than Kasumi, right? Yeah. Kind of refines herself in that regard. Uh, same persona, same abilities, same outfit, all of that. It's just now she's... For sure, Z's confident with who she was, is, and her spirit of rebellion and all that. It's it's nice to me to a certain extent that, like, the truth of who she was was always there. And the fact that this persona and her outfit don't t- change means that who all that was wasn't, like... Th- there was Sumire always there. She just was kind yeah. of holding it back um, with her belief that she was Kasumi. So, yeah, having this, like, reforged bond cements that who she, like who Sumire was, was always a little bit of this, but now she's at the forefront of things. And yeah. And then we go, and you know what that means? Also, she rips a mask off and causes her face to get bloody. Well, that, but also, <laughs> uh, her confidant unlocks. So it's no longer limited to rank five. And now it's can be up to rank 10. Yeah. And she's an actual full fledged confidant. Now I love seeing that. And it made the rest of this week very difficult for me. <laughs> I bet. I very, bet. very frustrating. I'm really curious to talk to you about what how, how that played out. But uh-huh. um, the the other thing I wanted to point out here, which is talking about tiny details and them hinting at her in weird, funny ways before you know it, the Faith Arcana, which is what she is, the tarot card kind of burns away and shows this other version of it. The original tarot card for Kasumi is a skeleton person. 
And then when it burns away, it's a normal person. <laughs> so literally, it was a tarot card showing that she was dead. Like, it was like, this yep. is a dead person's tarot card. That's wild. And then it becomes live when it's Sumire. It's, I, I love it so much whenever they do that stuff. It's so cool that they, yeah. they've seeded Great all of details. this. Yeah. Great little details. <clears throat> um, moving on. We fight and then keep going. You fight. So the, the first thing is you're trying to get through this door that has a key card. You overhear or Futaba overhears uh, a shadow talking about how they have a key card. You have to fight your way through this, like, au- the auditorium where you fought Kasumi before. Now you got to, like, jump on the rafters and it's just some pretty standard uh, palace stuff. Cool area for sure. Um, and then you get to that persona or that shadow and immediately it teleports down to where you were <laughs> and you just swing down there and fight it anyway. Yeah. Um, you get the key card and then there's this second area that is like a large storage room, basically full of boxes and stuff. Uh, and you similarly just sort of make your way through there. I've remembered this area as being really annoying. Um, (laughs) the thing that sticks out to me about this palace so far with these two rooms specifically is that they're very vertical in a way that palaces frequently aren't. I feel like. Yeah, they're, they're vertical. And I would say like the, cause I think that was made apparent to me. And then the other big thing was just that like, it's relatively linear to get through, but you can get to a point where you see like a treasure chest in a background and you can't get to it for a little while. And it's not just a matter of kind of quickly finding a route around. It's like a full little side area that you need to navigate toward. Um, I mean, I, the first time I played this, I, you get to the end of that first room and you see the treasure chest down there and you're like, wait, I missed that treasure chest. And you go all the way back down to try to see where you missed it. Yep. And then you go all the way back up and then you just find it later. And I did that the first time. And then I did that again this time. <laughs> and then I went, wait, I did that the first time. <laughs> yeah, I get, I mean, I get it. Cause when you're first down there, it's like, okay, maybe there's an angle in between some of the boxes that I'm just missing that I can sneak through or it'll let right. me like hop between. And then even later you're up at a point where it looks like you should be able to jump down, but you can't jump down to there. And then, yeah, it's, you have to go through the full, like, other area to be able to find a side area to go through. And, that yeah, chest, it's, man. It, and it, it's fine. I didn't need to get it. But it, it did. I very much had a similar situation of, like, why can't I get to? Oh, it's just because I need to keep going forward. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but overall, I like this kind of first glimpse or this, like, third or whatever. But, like, this next glimpse at this palace is, like, these rooms feel cool and creative in a way, in how they're laid out, in a way that, like feels a little different from the other palaces, right? It doesn't just feel like entirely more of the same or whatever. I do like it also in terms of the other palaces because I think, uh, at least so far, it's setting up something similar to the, like, the casino, I guess, where mm. you have the, like, front house and back of house areas where it's, it's right. like, there is a very big difference to um, where people are getting their help and their treatment versus all of this stuff that's in the background that sort of... Uh, personifies the amount of effort and work and and cataloging and and (laughs) things that are going into changing the reality of every single human being on the planet uh presumably so it uh actually i think it is just japan yeah yeah probably just japan but obviously the end goal i assume would be to change everyone sure um but there's there's a there's a moment on the train to school one of the days oh yeah uh, where the like news reporter talks about how like Japan is becoming the most prolific, one of the most prolific countries has suddenly become one of the most prolific countries in the world or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I, I like that back and forth of it. Obviously if even the, you know, big 
shipping container areas aren't the most like visually dazzling thing. I like the contrast of these like darker areas versus the stark white, uh, yeah, like almost oppressive uh, doctor's office waiting room whiteness yeah. to all of it. Uh, and then the final kind of area you get to is just this monitoring slash data collection room, right? You fight just a couple of shadows, but they're pretty, like, it's kind of a fun, beefy fight. Um, and then you are looking at kind of the the screens with all these cameras and these huge data cables are blocking your path. And essentially what you determine is these data cables are feeding down into Mementos like you thought he's using Mementos or feeding back from Mementos. You're not sure or whatever, right? Um, and in order to make any progress, you're going to have to make the cables go away and you're going to need to investigate Mementos. Uh, so that's where this palace infiltration stops is yeah. you say, okay, well, we're done for now. We'll have to go to Mementos next in order to make this make progress. Um, Which means we can still fight the Grim Reaper if you haven't already. <laughs> there you go. See, this is why I said don't worry about yeah. it, right? Is because you're going to get to this point and be, I don't know, I'm like level 83 or 84, right? Yeah. And like after some Mementos grinding, you'll be 99. <laughs> It'll be okay. It won't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's the end of this day, basically. Yeah. So it- you decide to go to Mementos. Um, and then January 13th, mission starts. <clears throat> Uh, one of the main things is you get a text from Mishima early on that says, hey, speaking of mementos, not everyone in this reality is perfectly happy with all of their wishes being fulfilled, and we are still getting requests on for mementos. Uh, and then over the next few days, some, some of those start rolling in. Yeah. So there's like still reason to go to mementos and still people who need help from the Phantom Thieves, uh, even though supposedly everything is peachy keen and some of them are dark like yes. they get pretty brutal i do want to also say though when when you're talking to machinima for mishima for this first time you can still even after all of this time <laughs> yeah. after if your confidant rank was maxed like mine he causes all of society to rally around you to defeat a god he can still be lied to and be like what are you talking about what? yeah what is this well, i'll keep huh? you updated about the fan site huh what do you mean who what? Yeah, it's Who just are you? it's so funny that there's still like this is a joke you can pull on this man. Yeah. It's so it's so strange, but anyway. Yeah. Um yeah, and then you go to school. Yep, you go to school uh and I guess this happens before the mission mission start or whatever, yeah, but yeah. on catches you and says, "Hey, uh can we talk later? I want to I want to talk about some stuff." And you say, "Sure, of course." And then you can totally ignore that. What's uh, what's funny is though, because I I think you were saying texting, but you're with Mashima at this point. Like he's in person, right, right, right. And it's very funny because he's like, uh, I can just leave, I guess, guys. And I was like, no, <laughs> not. I I literally said after school, it's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> like you can be here. It's okay. Yeah. It's it's just very um, Mashima. Mission starts, and <clears throat> basically they bring up like, yeah, we need to go to Mementos, but like I don't know, we don't have to rush. And like what that kind of feels like to me is. It feels almost like that section of the palace was supposed to be the first kind of info, like first free time palace day. And then they didn't want to make you like, they didn't want to have you go into the palace and then have to leave and then spend a day on mementos and then have to leave and then go back to the palace and then have to leave. Like, you know what I mean? Like they wanted to just like 
get you to the point where you knew you needed to go to mementos right for the free time yeah um and then they're like okay now you can go and do that whenever you want it spreads it out a bit better yeah for sure i think yeah but yeah it would have um, been probably a bit of a slog if you ended up doing all of that back to back to back right so, yeah. right right yeah or it would have been weird if you like you know, we talked about the idea of, like, it kicking you out of the palace and making you come back or whatever, yeah. but it, it, it would have been hard to guess that you need to go to Mementos during yes. one of those things, and that's, like, a lot more days than you might be accounting for. Totally. And so if you're, like, waiting till the very end of the deadline, and then suddenly, you know, like, they had to do the thing, I think there was one of those where they were like, okay, be sure you do this, like three days in advance of the deadline for no particular reason. And it's because <laughs> there was like one of those blocks in the middle. There. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we had now have free time. It is the latest yes. palace free time, which is kind of crazy. We have, we have palace free time and we're in a big chunk of this. Uh, so what did you do on the first day on January 13th? So this is the decision, right? They say, Hey, on, on really wants to see you. Also, Sumire is texting you. What's going on? Uh, it was so bad. It was so, so hard for me. I, st- I sat there for like 20 minutes because I'll explain my thought process. Even though with all of these awakenings that are options throughout the week, they are like, it's no rush, but just like when you want to chat, we should chat. I figured knowing similarly to Morgana that you get a brand new power and it's like obviously a big deal. I wanted to get these out of the way sooner than later because I figured it would be helpful going into mementos uh, and, and going back into the palace. So as much as I wanted to hang out with Sumire and continue that rank sort of thing, I figure we're just going to have like a week where we're hanging out every day, Um, which Makoto will probably not be pleased about in my universe. Haru probably in yours, but uh, the, I assume I will get time to hang out with Sumire because this is the only time I can do that. Like this chunk of the game. So congratulations. You have made the correct choice. (laughs) This feels really mean to me as a false choice because yeah, you will get more opportunities to hang out with Sumire. If you don't hang out with these people right on these days, the time to do these transformation scenes is like, way more delayed yeah like you have to do like i think I, th- I saw something online that i'm not sure is true that said you like have to like literally secure the route to the treasure before you can ta- hang out with them again oh wow. which i think might not be entirely true that but would like be... it is it's like you you can't just get them one after the other like this necessarily in the way that it offers them to you at the beginning of this free time yeah so i think strategically speaking obviously you can do whatever you want if you wanted to hang out with sumire that's great hang out with sumire yeah it's all your own choice but like strategically speaking i think it is ab- it is more beneficial to do these transformations first my my thought process was basically like yes she texted to hang out but like the game is presenting these conversations as a very important thing in a cutscene right. so let me especially since this is just my first time through the dlc let me go to the thing it's telling me to go do because if it really wants you to hang out with Sumire and have that time, it will give you that time. Otherwise, what's the point of opening up her confidant line? So yeah, um, obviously you might have other confidants to hang out with throughout the week and, and throughout this free time, which I did. Um, but yeah, you, to me, it made the most sense to go hang out with these people. So it sounds like you did that as well for this playthrough. Yes. And I so did all, all each day. Yeah. I guess if if anyone out there listening didn't do that and hasn't experienced these scenes, I guess to some extent there will be spoilers for how these scenes play out because this is the yes. thing we both did. But um, 
yeah, it feels like the game pushes you to go do this. So hopefully most people out there did. Thankfully, though, uh, if you saw the Morgana scene, you can assume how a lot of these scenes go. Yes, that is also true. Uh, there's not a ton to dig into meaty meat wise no. uh, for them. Uh, so the first day we both went and hung out with on and um, we go to her place. Yeah, so this cool. is the cute thing about these scenes. I think we can talk about them kind of broadly, right? Yeah. Because yeah. they all follow a similar pattern of you go to that confidant's room at their house, which is a new thing that we've never seen, right? Except for Futaba. Yeah. Um, we go to their room. They, similar to Morgana, feel bad about accepting this reality and abandoning you. You as Joker say, nah, it's cool. And they go, how could you ever say that? And you go... Uh, it's cool. And yeah. they go, oh, okay. Um, and, like, obviously, I, I, I'm being reductive, but there is some fun little flavor and conversation, some nice little touching moments here and there in these conversations. They don't feel as, like, cut-and-paste dry as, like, the Velvet Room prison conversation scenes did to me. Yes, yeah. These feel a little bit more interesting. Like, you have the funny one with Ryuji where he's like, I'm just going to do squats until you tell me to stop and that'll be my penance. Exactly, you know? yeah. It's, like, really cute. Like, the the one with On, <clears throat> just to focus on this day, is, like, it, it's pretty boilerplate like it is her, you know, reflecting on her and Shiho and things like that. And, and yeah. um, just sort of, you know, the... Since she is one of the first confidants and, and first people in the party, like, the long journey you've been on together and, and, and reflects on that, which yeah. is sweet. As you said, it feels, <clears throat> excuse me, more personal than the the prison scenes did yeah and uh there's some nice moments where it will like look back and talk about the confidant line with that person right you reflect on this confidant line with like on talking about her modeling and shiho and ryuji talking about you know getting beaten up by the track guys and there's a little bit of reflection here that like the game doesn't normally do i think um or doesn't spend much time doing so yeah the first one is with on uh, and you level up on, and she turns into, uh, I wrote down the name. Celestine. Celestine, yes. And we get the first of the crazy OP <laughs> abilities. You um, Did you write down the abilities? I didn't write down the names, but okay. I wrote down what they do. Yeah. Cool. That's good, just because I mostly focused on the appearance of the personas. So we... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, like, the wild, like braided ponytails in the behind her in a heart yeah she's Super got the, cool the crazy cool braids but is also like uh very clearly like dominatrix inspired because she is like stepping on a small dude like there's yeah someone stuck in one of the braids that she has like trapped or like held in a hand and then she's like stepping on a dude with her giant heel and it's like oh yeah she is like super powerful <laughs> yeah um it's yeah, th- I really, generally, just speaking, like the designs of all of the third transformations a lot. Yeah. Like, I really, really do. Um, so hers is really cool, and her ability that she gets is just bonkers good, which is, it's basically concentrate all. Yes. Right? Yeah. It is, gives your entire party, makes you, you use it, and your entire party's next magical attack, uh, each person will do two and a half times damage, right? Um which is nuts. It's just so good. <laughs> it's just incredibly good. It's, yeah, there is, I hope no one out there accidentally skipped that power. Or was like, I don't need this right now. Like, it is, yeah. it's such an incredible gift, basically. Yeah. Uh, so then what did you do the evening of the 13th? 
Uh, I went to go play darts to get my baton rank with Sumire up. Nice. What did you uh, do? I, I hung out with Lavenza. Oh, so you can. Similar to okay. how sim, similar to how these uh, transformations only happen if you get the party member to ten before this break. Um, if you do all the twin hangouts mm. before this break, you get one final hangout with Lavenza at the end of it. That's cool. Um, where she comes to your room and hangs out, and it's very uh, it's very sweet and funny. That's cool. Um, there's a very cute moment where she like lies like sits down on your bed and it's so comfy that she falls asleep and then she starts talking in her sleep and she's like having a nightmare about the god of control like splitting her in half oh. again and she has to fight it and it's like really kind of sad oh. uh, um, the the through line that lavenda is so tired <laughs> is yeah. really interesting to me <laughs> yeah like she's she's been through a lot granted but like does she not did she not get rest? Who knows? It's, it's anyway. Like, but yeah. Hang out with Lavenza, uh, and that gets you the skill card for Enduring Soul, which is a thing that if you get knocked out while that persona is equipped, you'll, like, survive at one or whatever. Um, nice. Which is just a, a great one to be able to, like, if you have an extra slot on some of your high-power personas, just, like, throwing an Enduring Soul on there is just, like, really nice insurance, basically. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So it's a nice one to have. Nice. Uh, anyway, January 14, Ryuji wants to talk yeah. later. Uh, and then you have a quiz question about utopias or about, it's like an author. It's, it's, it's involved, it's related to utopias. Um, <laughs> it was that. And then there was also a, a text chain just talking about, yeah. like throughout the week, I guess there's little hints and things of like people acting differently and, and yeah. sort of showing the effects in here. It's about like one of Yusuke's classmates, just essentially their whole art history being gone um yeah and this is this is a significant text chain i think yeah and and very much so that like they're now a great archer i think it is like they they got really into archery and so it's like obviously they were and i think yusuke talks about they felt like they were blocked a little bit and and everyone being like okay like that's reasonable that maybe they wanted help with their their block but rather than just help them be a better artist they were like oh well they also wanted to be an archer and so maruki just sort of made a a choice what their dream was going to be. Yeah. And it's decided, yeah. made a judgment call about like, Oh, well painting is causing you too much pain. Therefore you're going to do this other thing instead. Yeah. It's like, I think it's a really important thing to talk about or that they show because it, it shows that yes, he's trying to make people happy, but like he's just making choices. Yeah. Right? Like it's not, not some sort of scientific way he's doing this. He's just deciding that this person is no longer a painter and never was. And now they're into archery. Yeah. Right? It, because he thinks it'll be better for them. Exactly. And, and it's funny cause it's essentially like, well, it's <clears throat> probably because they put so much focus on art. It would naturally lead to more frustration as you're trying to get better at it versus archery, where it's like, if that was secondary to them, maybe they didn't have as much of it at the forefront where it's like, if those things were flipped, would he have then just made them a, an artist instead of an archer? And it's like, yeah. And, and it, it brings up also the point of like, you know, well, does like, what about all the work that this person put in to be a good artist before this? Like Mark, he clearly doesn't think that like what came before it matters. Yeah. Right. Like he, he's not respecting the effort they put in to train to like maybe try and get past that block. It's like, no, nah, never mind. It's just you're not doing that anymore. Exactly. So I think that's a really good important moment of like 
you know, showing that yes, Maruki might have good intentions, but also the way he is going about it, even beyond holding reality hostage, is not perfect by any means. Yeah, 100%. Um, then we both hung out with Ryuji? Yes, yeah. And he did his exercise yes. until we told him to stop. Uh, it was very cute. He- it's very, it's kind of sad also. He's like, I know I'm not smart enough to come up with something better, but. <laughs> it's, I, I think the the end of the game with Ryuji has done this really interesting thing of like, there have been several times where he is sort of self-aware to the point that he is like not as emotionally complex as some of the others, mm. but he like knows what he thinks is right and 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 sometimes lets his like anger at himself get the better of him. Like it's it's a really interesting emotional sort of depiction that they're doing with him that they don't really do with anyone else that I really yeah. have appreciated a lot more the, the the more I've gone through this playthrough. And you tell him in this moment too, like you're like, you, you can be like, you really matured, man. And I think it's true that like Ryuji's matured to the point where he's, he's at this point in his life. You know, they talk about things with expertise, like when you're like trying to learn a game or something like that, where like at a certain point you are so you're so you start out so bad you don't understand how you're bad right yeah. and then at a certain point you get good enough to understand how little you know about the thing <laughs> yeah. and that's like really demoralizing and i think ryuji like kind of in a sense in his maturity is like in that phase of his life yeah. where he's like he's grown enough to realize that he like is not like always right about everything but he's very confident with himself, but he's like kind of being hard on himself now at certain points where he's like definitely grown, but he's like still doesn't have the confidence of like, oh, I'm dumb, you know, like he, he's very, he's still very down on himself because he's like grown to the point where he realizes kind of how childish he was being at times. He's much more really self-aware. Interesting. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. He's much more self-aware. But, he, but he's, he's still not past the point of like self-aware and understands, as you were saying, like where he's bad at a thing. Um, yeah. But he's still sort of, like, dealing with the ideas of, like, oh, me being bad is a bad thing rather than I can learn to be better right. sometimes. Like, he's 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 continuing to improve in that way. And I think it's a really interesting depiction of someone's emotional and, and maturing growth that you get to see that is a, a bit different. Because, like, as we've said, most of his, I guess, personal troubles are important and not to devalue them, but they're at a lower scale than, like... Haru's dad having been killed after being this megalomaniac, uh, you know, controller of a, of a food dynasty sort of thing, or, yeah. like, you know, like there, there's a, she, even on dealing with Shiho's potential suicide and, and the, um, harassment of Kamashita and all those things. It's like for Ryuji is often depicted as, well, the guy just wanted to be in with the track team and he was kind of bullied out of it by some bad adults and it's it, it. I don't think it devalues that though. But it. I think it. This is showing some growth and some uh, emotional exploration that the other characters don't get to help kind of like balance the scales a bit, which I appreciate. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, and also, his persona evolves, and now instead of riding a pirate ship, it's riding a yacht. Yeah, he's riding a yacht. Got a real cool gun arm. Uh, yeah. what's, what's this his is name? William William yes <laughs> uh, and William is uh, has the partner pair to on's crazy OP ability which is charge all right yep. this is not the actual name of it but basically it does charge for the entire party which makes everybody's physical and next physical attack deal two and a half times damage which is just also 
incredibly good, especially yep. for the strategy I like using, which is usually like get Yusuke in there and have him use physical all attacks that are charged up. Yeah. Like having one person be able to do that to the entire party is is nuts strong. It's really, really good. Yeah. The the two of them back to back coupled with other buffing abilities, it's it like I can't wait to fight with all this. Yeah. Uh the next day is a pretty Excuse oh, yes. me, that evening I went and played darts oh. with a catchy. I'm sorry, yes. How dare you? Uh, so that evening I went and played darts with Sumire. Nice. So that was my last one because I'd already done a catchy okay, all the way cool. up yeah. uh, before he betrayed us. That's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then and the so 15th. I did darts that day and then yeah. we're on to the 15th, which is uh, Futaba. It's, it's Sunday, right? So there's the shopping channel. Um, and then Futaba wants to talk and you can spend time with her at her room. Uh, and that kind of goes over some of her old habits, right? And things that she talked about, or like how she's grown as well. Puts the she's mask got the, back on. Yeah. Yeah. She's got the big doll head mask. Um, and then she awakens and hers turns into all Azif, I think. Yes. Yeah. And this is kind of a slightly less exciting one where it's basically just like, your party's extra abilities will trigger more often and maybe she'll do like a super big buff. It's just like slightly better version of her. But I do think her transformation, the third awakening is the funniest of all of them because where these others have been two like purse person like things, hers is like a globe and a spaceship. Look at each other very seriously yeah. and then merge into a triangle. And it's just a very just funny just wait until next week when Makoto's motorcycle and her transformer motorcycle merge. I can't wait. Uh, into a bigger motorcycle. Uh, but yeah, I ah. I did really just want to say I, I enjoyed this one a lot because I do think, you know, she she and Haru, I think, deal with potentially some of the... Not, not that Makoto doesn't also deal with, you know, like a, a revived family member, but the, these are ones that I think we've been more connected to because we had physical interactions with... Uh, wakaba in the pyramid as a crazy sphinx lady and then uh okumura obviously as a, as a palace boss um i think her dealing with the idea of like i like it's this is really difficult for me because i literally am being presented a reality where i get to be with my mom after all this and yeah. it's like of course she would have a very hard time and also being the youngest member of the group like the emotional stakes for her but she's like but i don't think i could live with myself knowing that that's not the reality that existed. And I think she would be very proud of the work that we've been doing in the other reality. And I wouldn't want to erase that work that we've done. And it goes back yeah. to the, like, I don't want to, similar to the text chain. Like, I don't want to erase the work we've been doing. It wouldn't be right to do that. And it's really important in that sense, because she like, they, they also talk about the fact that one of the most surprising revelations of all this, right, which is that like her mom was actually alive. Yeah. You know, like, like she was like, I actually got time to spend with her. Like it wasn't just some illusion. Yes. Yeah. Which is like good that they bring that up again because it's sort of insane. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah. It is a massive <laughs> life change. And so, yeah, to present that to a teenager and for them to be like, no, I, I am going to fight for the reality that I actually have been living in and is my life is right. a very mature thing. And again, shows her growth over the, over the game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then that evening, 
I am officially out of thoughts <laughs> for the evening and things to do again. So I went to the gym. Nice. I thought about it, but I then uh, had my fortune read and then maxed out my rank with Chaya because she was available to hang out with. So congratulations. Thank you. Did rank 10, uh, got Chaya to the end. And then, yeah, did, that was the evening. So cool. Chahaya, one of the uh, few kind of other confidants who has a new outfit as well. She's got a cool oh, scarf. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very true. Uh, but um, I, without spoiling it, I do like kind of at the the end of that confidant line, just because with some of these other ones who aren't, you know, party members or related to party members, she'll kind of just be like, don't forget about me, but it's been great. Talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> I'm like, All right, cool. Yeah. Uh, and, and then finally, we're on January 16th, yeah. which is Yusuke's day. Uh, and basically nothing else happens this day besides Yusuke. Going to Yusuke's room is cool because it's just like an art studio, right? It's barren. Huge, cool painting on the wall. Yeah, other than his art, it is just like, no one, do you live here? Or is there... Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked that uh, a lot. Um, and he feels very bad and is very dramatic. And you basically say, you're good. Um, and he evolves and he gets... I think probably my favorite ability of everybody. Uh, so his his persona transforms into Goro Kichi. Yes. Um, Incredible and, coat. Wearing just like the most oh, fabulous yeah. coat. Amazing. Such a swag coat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Goro Kichi's ability is essentially Heat Riser All. Yes. Right? It is Heat Riser for your entire team. Amazing. So it ups attack, defense, evasion, accuracy for three turns for everybody in your party. Which is like just so good. I will never not have a, him in my party to start a fight. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's very, very, very good. Yeah. Um, and that's that's our week. Oh no, we have the evening as well. Excuse, Excuse me. me. <laughs> I hung out with Oya, <laughs> and we got sushi together, and she got me a teacup. Thank you very much. Hey. Uh, she also has, uh, she has an orange jacket, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone's winter outfit's just the best. Well, I worked out. <laughs> <laughs> I can see how you might forget to mention. Yeah, that's fair. But that's yeah. the week. Uh, yeah. That's the week. We are deep into free time now. We've got two more of these transformation days to go, right? We've got uh, Makoto and Haru. And then we're done with the the main party. If, as assuming you hit all these people at ten before the deadline and all yes, that jazz, yeah. and assuming you're actually doing them. But uh, as we discussed, I think it is what we want to keep doing at least um, for the next two days to break down the kind of schedule of how this is going. We have two full weeks of free time, and then the third week is the next two weeks are fully free time, and then their third week is half free time, half deadline you know, that sort of stuff. So the way we're going to do this is next week, we're going to just talk about free time and kind of like fill the gaps with some personas or confidant lines. We haven't gone over, talk about some other things that we haven't talked about yet. Um, and then the following week, we're going to actually dig into the bulk of the palace without getting into spoilers. Uh, there is, we want to split this up, right? Sometimes we'll do like a little bit differently or we'll combine them. We're going to talk about the bulk of the palace, except for the boss fight, like not including the boss fight and all that jazz, just like getting to the treasure room. Uh, not next week, but the week after. And then the following week, when the deadline actually hits, we'll talk about the boss, the end, the calling card stuff, all that. Um, yeah. So that's how we're breaking out the next couple of weeks. Uh, before we get into that though, and before we end the show, uh, 
Although Morgana did tell us to go to bed a lot this week, didn't it? Really he? did, yeah. It felt <laughs> um, like the beginning of the game again. Yeah, it does. Uh, it's so it's so funny that the entire base game, they're like, we should do less of this. Yep. And then they get to the DLC and they're like, never mind. Yeah, we put those days back in for you, just in case. <laughs> yeah. yeah, It's only a few. It's only like three or whatever, yeah. but yeah. Uh, we do have Persona Pseudonym and our pop quiz for the week. Mm-hmm. Jonathan, what you got for me? Tom, now obviously you had a little bit of trouble before, so I'm going to give you what I think is an easy one. Okay. Who is the gregarious abode? What? Gregarious abode? Uh Uh-huh. Tom? You, oh, no, 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 no. I know what you're doing. It's I know it's Greg House. Gregory House. Yes. You son of a bitch. <laughs> oh. I was, for some reason, I was Googling House while I was playing Persona. That's not a joke. I actually was. And I noticed his name and I was like, oh, I could turn that into a, a, a silly Persona name. Gregarious Abode. I was thinking like Final Fantasy VII's <clears throat> Demon House. Yep, that's I what like, I was, I was hoping it would evoke that. Yeah. Oh, man, I'm mad at you. <laughs> uh, anyway, though, I actually don't have a Persona pseudonym this week. I got so interested in a background thing that I have a pop quiz question. <laughs> but I'm going to okay. let you go first just in case it is also your pop quiz question. Uh, it probably won't be. Okay. Well, then. Uh, I have backups. Okay. Uh, when, so this is obviously assuming you've gone through the confidant, uh, awakenings that we went through this week. Okay. Uh, when you're hanging out with Ryuji, he's got a pretty killer game library in the background. Uh, Uh and though most of them are kind of facing, you know, it's the, the side, so you can't really see them too much. And often his like photos is popped up in front of them. You can usually see in like a basket, the box art for one game. What is the name of that game? Ooh, and I guess bo- this, bonus points, what's the parody game console that it's on? This is a great detail. Uh, am I, are we leaving this for the fans? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's leave it for people. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I do, I do remember one, like, I remember what the boxes look like. Right? Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I kind of understand the reference there. For sure. Yeah. Um, it, but yeah, it was a. But yeah, that's a great detail. I just got really out. hooked on it while I was watching the scene. I'm like, oh, they, yeah, they went through the, I love fake games in games when they do that. So I just wanted to see. It's like fake movie posters in a movie. I always obsess over that stuff. So yeah, that's that's my question for this week. What about you? Uh, well, I'm gonna give you a persona pseudonym. <gasps> Gasp! Excuse me while I Google really quick. <laughs> um, is the answer Cuddy? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> um, uh, go ahead. no, 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 no. Okay. Uh, uh, oh, oh I, I, yeah, I have this one actually. Oh God! Right. I think I think this is the one I like prepared for. <laughs> I hope it's the one that I was gonna do because that would be very funny. Because I did have one in mind. Is it Dancer of Death? <laughs> oh no, it's not. I don't think. Or no. What persona is Dancer oh, of Death? Oh no, the tides is have been fun. turned. We're flipping this. Oh. Um, what is this alternate reality? <laughs> oh, we should have done that from the start. Okay, let's re-record the last few episodes. Pretend we <laughs> didn't realize this. Um, oh, oh, I know who it is, but I can't remember their name. What do they look like? 
Well, is it, is it the one? Okay, well, it could be a couple then, I guess. It's not, Is it the one with like that's weird and, and yellow? It's not that one. No. No. Is it the one? It, it's more humanoid, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, more humanoid. Do they have like a red scarf? I don't remember. No. Okay, then not that. Then I'm so. confusing them with other ones in this palace, so I don't know. Uh, That one is Macabre. Oh, of course. It's the one that like looks like kind of a, a mime with a scythe. Yes, yeah, yeah. That was the that was my third guess for who it was. So yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, that was fun. You what a me. weird little strange reality that was. We did it. It's <laughs> um, <laughs> very fun. okay. Well, it is actually time for us to go to bed now. Uh, it's uh, it's been fun. We'll be back once again to talk about some free time stuff next week. Talk about this alternate reality that we get to explore together. Uh, you can leave your questions or your answers for Jonathan's pop quiz. Uh, send them to us at dornology at gmail.com. You can leave them at youtube.com slash dornology in the comment section. Uh, you can tweet at us. I'm at Tom R. Marks. He's at JM Dornbush. If you like the show, please give it a good thumbs up or rating, whatever you'd like to do. We really appreciate it. It helps us out. And uh, yeah, that's all we've got for you today. And uh, we'll see you next week.